2: this is Lars Helgeson, CEO of Greenrope and author of CRM for Dummies.
1: I'm Allison festock the founder and CEO of New York Crew. This is Brad Van Dam, President and CEO of Marge
0: Confectionary.
1: And you're listening to High Level Wisdom for New Generation Theater.
0: It's that time of year
1: again. You need to file your taxes. For many people, the word taxes brings on an instant headache. What's deductible? What's not? What's changed for the current year? The tax code is thousands of pages long. Who has time to figure it all out? Thankfully, Get Help Tax and Bookkeeping has a solution for you. Simply complete a brief questionnaire online, and one of our IRS-authorized tax professionals will prepare and file your return. It's fast and easy. Call 914-467-9271 to get started. If you need help, get help. Hey, are you having trouble getting a merchant account? Do you need an international payment gateway because your business is now stretching across the pond? Have you been rejected by other merchant account providers? No problem. iPayTotal wants your business. Our high risk merchant accounts allow you to accept all major credit and debit cards. iPayTotal delivers payment solutions and products to help you grow your business. Contact us now for your payment processing at info at or visit www.ipaytotal.com. That is the letter I, paytotal.com. Your online payments partner. We make payments processing easier for high-risk merchants. When is the last time you've actually watched a movie and went and read a book that was written about the lessons in a movie? Well, I want to introduce you to a book that is written by Jack Cogger. This book is called 26 Life and Business Lessons from the Black Panther Movie. Yes, as a reader, here's what you're going to learn. Maintaining focus, time management, loyalty, impact of our actions, importance of embracing diversity, and the effect of oppressive forces. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to take a moment, go to Amazon, and look up 26 Life and Business Lessons from the Black Panther movie by author Jack Carver. What is your goal for 2018? Earn more money, more time for your family or yourself. We offer you a solution. Be your own boss. To learn more, please go to our website, www.runerinder.com. We look forward to having you as an errander now let's listen to this week's episode okay i'm just gonna say this up front thank you for listening thank you for finding our show if this is your first time but i know you guys hear me say this a lot it's just because it's this is a fascinating world to me of ceos but the ceo i have today oh my god i am so excited about this is I don't even know how to explain it. This is so cool to me. So um, some of you might remember uh, me putting out on social media a while back that um, I had an opportunity to get connected to uh, a very um, popular company uh, who's very well known in the video game industry. And uh, they they released this really interesting game um, called Detroit Become Human. It's a company called Quantic Dream now. Uh, for some of you, you're like, OK, this guy is about to lose me. But don't 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 back out yet, <laughs> because one of the more interesting things about this interview today was I was actually able to capture, connect with and schedule for your ears today. The CEO of Quantic Dream, Glamo. So listen, y- you've got to listen to this interview. This this interview is fascinating by far. Um, he's he, he's an Xer. Who's been in the video game industry for almost two decades now. That's saying something and he enjoys what he does. And so he has a very fascinating perspective on not just only the video game industry, but uh, millennials uh, um, storyboarding, um, how it potentially could be rivaling the movie world. Um, you're probably gonna hear me sound like a five-year-old just because I was a kid in the candy store being able to interview this guy. But listen, I'm done talking. I want you to hear my interview with this guy because this is a very, very interesting uh, conversation. The CEO of Quantic Dream is here for your ears today, right here on our show, High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders. Take a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining the show today. Listen, um, I am not sure if I've ever been as excited, um, about a particular guest as I am today. I, I have to say, um, that when I got the opportunity to actually interview, uh, my guest today, I was, I was excited like right in the beginning, but then immediately it turned into, oh my god, I'm actually interviewing him, um, and 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 so it, it was it was it was an interesting. Um, uh, uh, conversation to put together because one of the things that you guys know that we do right here on our show is I'm always interested in perspective and I'm interested in 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 the way CEOs think so that you can get an insight as you're building your career, as you're building your path, as you're building your own lane of how people who are already doing it now um, can help you remove some of those roadblocks, the understandings, the tools, the different pieces, all of the different things that come into being a leader, being a CEO. And I've got someone today that is going to be um, a fun conversation that I, I see a lot of replay off of this one. Um, and so just to give you some context, um, not only is he a CEO, but he's a CEO in an industry that a lot of people um, may or may not know about or don't understand the intricacies and the nuances of this industry. And I'm talking about like video game industry. Yeah, like this thing. You know, most people would look at this and go, oh, that's just a bunch of child's play. Um, But what you may or may not know is that this industry, in my personal uh, opinion, is rivaling movie industry uh, because of what it can do or because of the type of stories that they can tell. And I'm a huge storyteller. Um, And so what I love is, is the person I'm going to interview today is responsible for this. Yes, this is a video game called Detroit Become Human. It is an exclusive, it is a great game, but more than a game, I wanna I want be very, very clear, and you'll see why here in a moment, because it tells a story. And I think one of the things that you have to learn to do as a CEO, as a leader, as even in just a, a manager, doesn't matter where you are, if you can learn how to tell really great stories, people will follow you. And I have to say, this has been one of the most anticipated games behind some of the other ones that this company has done. Um, Quantic Dream has been around for a while, um, my first uh, pass—I'll talk about that here in a moment—with uh, Quantic Dream was was a was a game years ago that I would have never seen turn into what it is now. And so, ladies and gentlemen, listen—I just want to introduce my CEO for the day. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna allow you to share because I I realize I am not the greatest um, at how. Uh, uh, Names should go the best way for people to be able to say things So I'm going to let you tell our audience your name, who you are And here's what I would like for you to do And I I haven't even allowed people to see you yet What I want you to do is I want you to share with everyone A little bit about your background And so I want to introduce, ladies and gentlemen The CEO, the creator, um, and the leader of Quantic Dream How are you doing today, sir?
2: Oh, I'm very fine. Thank you so much. Um, so, my name is Guillaume de Fondomier, and I'm the co CEO of Quantic Dream, uh, which I have the privilege to lead with David Cage, who's the founder of the company and the writer and director of all our games. Uh, my background is, um, I, I uh, originally studied business. Um, and then when I was very young, I was about 21. If I remember well, I founded my second company. I started very young, even younger before, but my second company was, um, especially effects and computer graphics studio called Axel tribe, um, which, um, I co-founded in 1992 with two architects uh, from Slovenia Um, and uh, the idea behind this company was to um, pioneer uh, computer graphics uh, and try and bring this uh, incredible, uh, these incredible visuals to first the industry, um, industrial design, we worked a lot with car designers. Then um, the advertising industry, and uh, later on, games. And so I discovered games a little bit uh, by chance, I must say. Um, And um, for us at the beginning, it was only a a market where we could create, for which we could create computer graphics uh, and special effects. But then, um, studying a little bit this market, I found that this would be an incredible uh, opportunity for, for the, uh, the studio to express its uh, creative inspirations, uh, creative aspirations. And, um, and so we basically stopped doing everything else and focused on video games. Uh, and we were extremely lucky uh, because for our first games, we got to work with um, an incredibly talented Brazilian writer, uh, Paulo Coelho. The author of The Alchemist and ah. an, amazing, yeah, an amazing designer, um, Philippe, um, um, Moebius, Jean Giraud by his real name, Moebius, who was responsible for Tron, the initial uh, movie. Wow, uh, and and who's a very, very famous and respected uh French um, uh, comic book uh, designer, and so. To be very frank, initially I didn't have this grand vision of going into this kind of games, but um, by meeting some these extraordinary folks and, and under, you know looking at where the market was and, and, and what our strengths in the company was also at that time, uh, very high quality graphics, I thought, well, maybe there is a potential for story-driven, high quality games uh, for bringing authors that come from other industries for from other uh, uh, creative forms and bring them to the games industry and create uh, you know real works uh, not only toys for kids but you know truly entertaining experiences for um, a more mature audience uh, so this is how I started and to make a long story short, I uh, produced um, 20 other games with this company. Then I sold it, and one day I met David Cage, um, who had uh, recently founded uh, Quantive Dream. And um, you know, he was an auteur, a video game auteur, and um, I found his vision very interesting. It was very close to, uh, uh, to my own, and um, we decided to work together. And uh, I produced uh, Fahrenheit called Indigo Prophecy in the United States, uh, Heavy Rain Beyond Two
1: Souls, and uh, the recently published Detroit Become Human. You know, it, it, it's, it's an amazing, amazing journey um, that, that like so, so just just so you know, um, my first bout with storytelling was within video game world, right was not, necessarily um, what Quantic Dream was developing in the early 90s I played a game that was called Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy was the first time that I looked at um, storytelling in a way that it could be done now my first game from Quantic Dream was Indigo Prophecy that was the first game that I had ever played and I didn't I guess this is the way it kind of hit me I didn't know you could do that in a game (laughs) Right. Like I was kind of used to, you know, uh, running gun games, right. Sports games, you know, um, when Indigo Prophecy came out, you know, you had everything from, you know, different, you know, the Sega Genesis to, you know, what was happening. PlayStation to me um, had 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 won my attention off of things like a Final Fantasy for storytelling. But when I first saw Indigo Prophecy, um, it it gave me a different lens about to your point the aspect of what a video game could be i didn't realize you could put that much thought and level of care um character character development right into a game so it was um it was man it was it was it was really enlightening so so I want to I want to kind of start at the, the, the very beginning. Right. Because I, I want to make sure that our audience gets an understanding of, of how this how this works in in the world of video game development. So let's start with the basics. Right. Because I personally believe that video games, um, as of probably five years ago, definitely could rival most movies that come out nowadays. If, if, you, if you went pound for pound between writing, storytelling, the actors that are now starting to come over and venture into the video game space, I truly believe there could be some things that could happen in the video game world where you could have box office numbers like you would see from a Sony Pictures or someone else. But, but let's start at the beginning. W- what is it that you're looking for from a developer, from a David Cage, who I would love to interview, by the way? Um, because I thought his 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 background story to Beyond Two Souls, which we'll talk about later, was was fascinating to me. Um, but what is that what is that process like when you're? When, I guess are you looking at the landscape of stories that are out there? Um, how do you go about the process of developing the story for a game? And if and if you would like, and I would love to, let's let's even start with Detroit Become Human. I mean, this is obviously. The most popular game to me by far this year, especially with um, Jesse Williams. I mean, you you've pulled together um, an incredible cast to pull this off. But how did you start with this? Like, was it an idea? Did somebody just scribble on a piece of paper? Help our audience understand that process.
2: <laughs> so the the, the um, you know the process is, is one of our of our creator, uh, David Cage, um, who's starting to to write. Uh, a story and usually he, um, he starts with a personal story. Um, Indigo Prophecy for instance, um, if you've played the game you know that at the very beginning of the story the main character loses um, one of his child, um, one of his children you know, in, a, in a mall. And that's exactly what happened to David. He has two sons and one day with his wife they were in a mall and, and they lost uh, one of the two and, and they were desperately looking for him. And okay. Thank God uh, they found him. Yes. But, um, which is unfortunately not exactly what happens in, in, in Indigo prophecy. But th- that moment um, of, of stress, of, of uh, uh, you know the fear of, of potentially losing someone you, you love and care for, Uh, Made him think about what it meant to be a father and made him think about, you know, how far would you go to 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 uh, to save someone you love? Yeah. Uh, So that that, that was that was heavy rain, of course. Um, uh, And and so he started writing this story based on this personal experience he had then he can be influenced by certain movies, of course, you know, Seven was certainly something that influenced him a lot um, on, on, on some of his works. Uh, um, you know, thrillers in general, Fahrenheit, Indigo Prophecy was a thriller, Heavy Rain was a thriller, Beyond to a certain degree was a, was a thrilling experience, and in Detroit there are also certain elements of the genre, so of course he draws influence from, from other media. But then he starts to write and then, you know, he has this um, first moment of sheer panic in front of a white page uh, uh, and, and then he <laughs> overcomes his panic and, and then, you know, his, his story comes together. Um, he writes uh, a treatment, like very much like in a movie only, the big difference is that in, in the kinds of works that we do, he has with, with his team to think about uh, multiple scenarios. Uh, you know, the, the script of Detroit is 4,000 pages long. Wow. Uh, really, he's really tried to create a story uh, in which the the player is, is truly in charge of the story, where the player can really truly change the way the story unfolds based on his actions and decisions. So you have to basically write all the different possibilities each time and, 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 be careful that all these possibilities lead to meaningful, uh, uh stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's a very, very complex endeavor, but it's really the starting point of our, all our projects
1: mm-hmm.
2: for Detroit. Uh, he had written in 2010, a short story called Kara. Yes. And, uh, that was really the starting point of Detroit Become Human because in Kara, he, he wanted to tell in about five, six minutes, the story of the first um, android that becomes sentient, self-aware. And so you see this, this character being assembled by an operator. And all of a sudden, there is a bug. All of a sudden, uh, she starts to feel something. Mm-hmm. And, and she tells the operator, well... I thought I was alive, which is absolutely not supposed to.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and and so he wanted to tell the story of this moment. And there is probably going to be in the future a moment where these very intelligent machines become self-aware. And so he wrote this very emotional piece. If you haven't seen it, uh, go watch on YouTube, Kara. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very interesting uh, short movie. And... and For us, it was a technical prototype that we were creating uh, uh, during the development of of Beyond Two Souls. And and, uh, we were overwhelmed by the reactions of of gamers and and even of non-gamers alike, you know, who absolutely wanted to know what would happen to Kara uh, when she goes out in the world. Uh, what would happen to the very first android who becomes self-aware? You know, what kind of challenges is she going to face uh, when she's going to be confronted with humans? Uh, uh, and, and especially because you know, she's not supposed to be like this. And that was really the starting point of, of
1: Detroit's story. You, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting that you, that you talk about this because um, in, in, to your point, this is how movies are written, right? This is, this is, this is, and it's an idea, right? It starts with a, a premise of potentially a, a personal moment that gets um, pulled apart in so many different ways to where you can build an entire uh, environment out of that moment and and create a movie and for something to entertain people and, and to get people to think, right? So I, I'm curious for you as, as a as a co-founder I'm curious for you as a as a leader what about this particular genre of industry as as video game development goes as a company what is it for you that is like the thing that keeps you going in this like what what is kind of the the charge that you get every day out of out of this industry because I could I can only imagine you know if if we went back to the very beginning like let's let's even go back to you know before indigo prophecy right um this this was a very costly in- adventure and a very high risk idea given the fact that nobody up until that point was really putting in that kind of in-depth thinking into a console game and i want to be very clear pc games had some things out there but nothing to the level that what you guys were starting to develop what what is it for you that that makes you constantly just excited and and loving to be a part of this industry you know from from your perspective so the first thing is uh
2: certainly being in contact with those amazing creators um authors, designers, composers. You know, we worked in the past with Angelo Badalamenti. We worked with uh, uh, Hans Zimmer. We worked with incredible uh, composers on Detroit Become Human, uh, uh, John Paisano, uh, Philip Shepard, and, and uh, Lima Fakrara. So working with these um, visionaries in their own craft uh, is, is something that is, for me personally, essential. And this is the reason why Uh, I told you the the beginning of my story, but this is why I got stuck into games, is because I had this opportunity to work with Paolo Coelho, with uh, Jean Giraud, Philippe Durier, uh, some incredible actors and actresses. You know, those those talents are for me extremely um, uh, important to work with. That's the first thing. The other thing is, to your point, is the challenge. You know, when we started pitching, uh, Fahrenheit, Indigo Prophecy uh, uh, to publishers uh, for them to fund the development of the game. Uh, nine times out of ten, people were telling us, "Well, it's not possible.
1: <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you can't tell a story. You can't give players the possibility to change the way the story unfolds based on their actions. It's simply, you know, you, you're going to have a giant story tree, and then it's it's." You can't produce it. You can't make something meaningful, out of it. right? And and it was particularly funny because um, we had to change publisher towards the end of the of the development because that publisher who had funded most of the game still didn't believe we could do it. Wow! Uh, and we had a beta in our hands. It was playable. Wow! But they didn't bother play it until the end, believe it or <laughs> not. <laughs> and so, we and still back then. We went to multiple publishers, told them, OK, here's our beta. Here's our demo. We, we presented the demo. OK, great demo. It was the diner demo at the, the very first scene in the game, which, uh, if you remember, is 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 quite uh, interesting. Yeah. They said, well, the demo is fantastic, but we don't believe you can do an entire game. Wow. We have it. We have the beta. But still, you know, it's uh, being pioneers is sometimes extremely difficult. Um so if uh, you don't like adrenaline, if you don't like fear, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, fear of not being able to pay the salaries, of not being able to uh, 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 provide for everyone in the studio and do course, then you should certainly not do that. <laughs> Stay away from binary. Just do me to copy things. Well. For David Cage and us it's you know we we like to challenge we like to be pioneers uh, we like to pioneer graphics we like to pioneer storytelling emotion in games and uh um, yeah that's what makes me wake up every morning and and um, this is why I like my job
1: you, you know and it's a it's a fascinating job let me <laughs> let, let me say that it is definitely a fascinating job because i think the one thing that a lot of people um may not recognize is at the end of the day you know um uh to every every pioneering moment has a lot of risk i mean just look at elon musk i mean nobody thought that what he was doing when he started it was a good idea now it's a cool thing right so i want to i want to go back um to to that moment where not only were you pioneering um, a new idea that was being said no a million times, and you were only just kind of waiting for your one and you finally got it. yeah um let's let's also talk a little bit about um the multi-generational aspect. so so i want I want to go to the moment and you know, just just share with the audience here. you know, because back then, millennials hadn't yet entered the workforce. And then all of a sudden, you had this young person who came in, a digital native who kind of you know could 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 put pieces together like, what was kind of the aha moment for you, as a as a as a leader and a and a, and a owner of a company, that millennials had some sort of you know a benefit as a as a talent base for Quantic Dream? What talk to our audience about that, and what has kind of been your aha moment that you've discovered in in having uh, younger generations work with you within the company?
2: Hmm. Very good question, but it's a um, it's kind of a tough one. I think, uh, you know, t- t- in, in in the past few years, what I have seen change quite a lot is um, is the fact that we are now in everyday contact from the first day of the development to way after the release with our fans. Uh, you know. 15, 20 years ago, when I started this job, we were creating pretty much in isolation our games. And then we were releasing them. And 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 somehow we got an echo far away from how people perceived it. And usually it was through our publisher, through the press. So it was an indirect contact with um, with uh, uh, the um the fans. Today we have this direct contact. Yes. And and what is even more amazing to go back to your question is that we have now also more and more people come and work here and and the first thing they tell us is we are fans of what you do. <laughs> we love what you do. Um and, and and that that is quite quite incredible. So we have this you know this dialogue uh um, on a daily basis, constantly, you know, David Cage and myself are on Twitter. Uh, uh, you know, we we, we are on forums. We, we we talk to 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 the audience. There's so many shows uh, uh, all year long where we have really, we're, we're literally, you know, grabbed by the shoulder, and people tell us, "Hey, do this, do that. Uh, I love this, but I hated that." <laughs> Things like that. So it, it's quite amazing. And the same applies also to the people who come and work here. To and this this millennial. Generation—they—they they are aware of what you do. They, they understand and fully embrace what we're doing, uh, and for them, it's not an abstract thing because you know they—they they are passionate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes they—they they, they are even more—I wouldn't say more passionate than we are—of <laughs> what we're doing. <laughs> But—but it's—it's very alive, you know, mm-hmm. and and. Sometimes even we have to almost stop them and tell them, no, that, that's enough. <laughs>
1: that's
2: fine. You know, the quality is okay there. Don't, don't, don't come on weekends. Don't come on Sundays. Don't just calm down. All no, right. it's, it's, it's good enough. All right. Uh, uh, so, so, you know, and, and, and this is for me, uh, when, I, when I started seeing this generation coming to the studio work for us. Who are completely aware, truly passionate? It's it's their life. It's not only their job. It's their life. Yes. Uh, that that is what you would probably call this, this aha moment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, now I tried to tell you guys that I have very interesting conversations with people and different CEOs all over the place. Today is no exception. You have heard part one, and I know you're like, man, this is fascinating. I want to hear more. And how long do I have to wait? Well, if you're a first time listener, you only have to wait two days. I promise you part two is coming very, very soon. But in the meantime, here's what I would like for you to do. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter or LinkedIn, however you found us, go back to that platform and share your thoughts. Share out this particular episode. Let people know what you've heard and what captures your attention. And then what I would like for you to do is go to whatever platform you're listening to this On and make sure that you leave us A review We're on all six platforms Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play You name it, we are there Radio. listen Leave us a review, it helps with our rankings And it helps ensure that other people like yourself Get to hear fascinating interviews that we do All the time, thank you guys so much for listening Part 2 is coming up in just a couple Of days, I hope that you have a great day And whatever you choose to do, I hope you do it At a high level, take care